0: This morning, scripture reading is going to be from Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 15 through 19. Deuteronomy four fifteen through 19. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourself in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air. The likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the heaven, whole heaven. Maybe see that. It was uh, several years ago, I took a group of juniors and seniors out to Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Uh, We were going to stay overnight uh, at a cabin out there, and then the next morning we were going to float the river. And I found out as soon as we got there that we just happened to be at a point along the river where there was no cell phone service. Uh, I hadn't known this, and so I hadn't really given our teenagers a heads up. Um, And if you know teenagers, that was a bad thing. Uh, and so I knew as soon as I saw several of our girls, uh, walking up the road like this. <laughs> we had a problem. <laughs> uh, we had a problem. Um, and I think I knew it before that point, uh, but for whatever reason, that kind of stuck with me. And, and before you think that this is going to be a, a beat up the youth kind of talk, I just, I hope you understand that the things that we're going to be talking about this morning uh, and the next several Sunday nights are not things that are unique to our young people. I used to think that, uh, and then they opened up Facebook to everyone. And I learned pretty quickly uh, that some of the things that we're going to talk about in regards to technology involve all of us. Uh, not just our young people struggle with these things. You may remember a time when we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet. Uh, when I went off to college, I didn't have a cell phone. That was a good thing. Uh, I don't know who decided that being able to get a hold of a person at every single moment of every single day is a good thing. Uh, but to me, as a freshman going, at, uh, going to Oklahoma Christian, I didn't want that. So I didn't have a cell phone. Uh, and it wasn't until I met Carrie, uh, and I think she probably got tired of calling and leaving messages on my room phone, I thought, you know what, I should probably get in the game and get a cell phone. Uh, But some of you may remember that. Some of you don't remember that. Some of you have grown up in a culture in which you've always had a phone. You've always had the internet. Um, That's just the, the life that you know. Regardless of where you are, I think we would all agree that while technology offers up a lot of great benefits to us as Christians, it certainly offers its fair share of challenges as well. Uh, And that's what I want us to talk about, not just this morning, but uh, over the next, uh, starting next Sunday night and over the next three Sunday nights. We're going to talk about some of those challenges, some of the challenges that we face, because I think this is an issue that is greatly affecting the church, not just the young people in our church, but the church. Uh, And it's something that we don't talk a whole lot about. Uh, And I think it's time for us to start having some conversations about technology and how we can strive to be the first century Christians that we read about in God's Word uh, while living in the current culture that we live in. Um, But this morning we are going to start by talking about something that I think is at the root of all of these issues, and that is idolatry. I'm going to start with a phrase that should not offend anyone, uh, and that is, God hates idolatry. He hates it. Um, you read through the pages of scripture and it doesn't take very long for us to figure out that God does not like idolatry. Uh, when it comes to the Ten Commandments that he gives to Moses, the very first command that we receive, uh, that he's given, you shall have no other gods before me. From the very beginning, God wanted his people to understand he needs to be their only God. Uh, if you go to Habakkuk chapter 218, uh, talks about it says what profit is the idol when its maker has carved it in other words if you've made this thing why would you worship it why would you serve this thing when you are the one who created it uh if you want to look in the new testament there are passages in 1 Corinthians 10:14 Galatians 4:8 uh Acts 17:29 all talking about the uh, the dangers of idolatry. And the reason I'm not reading all of these is because I would hope no one stepped in this morning and thought, well, you know, Jeremy has really stepped on my toes. I didn't think idolatry was that big of a deal. We all get that. We understand that. What you may be wondering is, what does any of that have to do with technology? Uh, most of us don't see ourselves as idol worshipers, right? That, that's an ancient problem. They used to have that problem years and years ago, uh, when, when that was something that people struggled with. Or maybe that's a foreign problem. People that live overseas, they deal with idolatry. Not here in America. We don't have idols. Unless you uh, count the John Elway figure that I have in my office, right? He's the best. Was the best until Peyton Manning came along, right? Um, that's not the idols that I'm talking about. Listen to what it says. And we just read this in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verses 15 through 19. But look how he says it. He says, beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and be drawn away and worship them and serve them. And that's kind of the focus I want to look at when we talk about idolatry. Is this idea of being drawn away from God. Those things in our life that draw us away from God. Because as Deuteronomy defines it, that's what idols are. If you have things in your life that are shifting your, your focus from God and are causing you to be drawn away from God, those things are idols. Those things are idols in your life. And certainly, I think technology can fit into that category. Here's some quotes that I just thought were interesting. Uh, one of them is on your outline. It's from Augustine. He says, Idolatry is worshipping anything that ought to be used or using anything that ought to be worshipped. Uh, I liked that idea. Um, A.B. Simpson said, As long as you want anything very much, especially more than you want God, it is an idol. Um, and so as we begin to hopefully examine our own lives and the way we use technology and the way we have allowed cult- culture to kind of shape the way we live our life, I hope you will be honest with yourself. And as we examine these things, ask yourself, am I beginning to practice idolatry uh, in my life? I don't know if you've heard this phrase. (laughs) There is a phrase, uh, it's called FOMO. (laughs) This is going to sound like I'm making it up. Uh, It's not. It is the fear of missing out. Uh, It's defined as anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening somewhere else. And I'm missing out on it. Um, This is a real thing. I am embarrassed to admit I've experienced it before. Uh, where I think, well, you know, what if I'm not on social media right now and, and a big story breaks and I'm the last guy to find out about it? And I walk in and everybody's, oh, did you hear that? Well, no, I didn't. And it builds, and because of the culture we live in, more and more people are suffering from a a very real anxiety because they have been programmed to get their information at the very moment that it's available. And if they can't, it creates anxiety. Uh, and, and, that's the culture that we live in. Now, you may not suffer from this, but my guess is you know people who are like this. Uh, if you're honest, maybe you are one of these people that uh, you don't like to be disconnected from your phone or from your computer or from the internet for very long because you're you're anxious that you're going to miss out on something. Kevin posted that picture of his cat, and I was the last one to see it, right? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> um but but that's a it's a, it's a real thing. Um, I'll feel my my phone buzz, and now I just know some funny guy out there is going to be sending me texts just so they can watch this firsthand. Ty Hale, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel my phone buzz, and it doesn't matter the setting if I don't get to look at it right away. It's like ah, what if that's something really important? No, it's just this guy again texting me. Hey, I thought it'd be funny to text you during your sermon. But, but those are real things. And the buzzes and the dings and the email reminders that we get from our phone, there are people who, who get anxiety because they can't see those things. And, because, and, and that's the culture that we're living in. And for some of you, that's the life that you are living because that's the culture that you've grown up in. And so I want us to talk about how I believe that is idolatry and some things that we can do to hopefully correct that issue. So the first thing we need to discuss then is, how do I know if that is me? How do I know if my technology has become an idol in my life? First of all, do you become anxious or worried when you can't use it? Uh, Throughout the course of this series, I'm going to tell a lot of stories on myself. And, And when I went and set out to write some of this material, I'll be honest, I was writing it because I saw those around me and thought, you know, these people really need to hear this. <laughs> and as I began to r- write it, I thought, you know what, I really need to hear this, and if some others would like to listen, that's fine. <laughs> um, I can remember Carrie and I, uh, this was before we had children, we're, we're getting ready to go over to—actually, uh, we may have had one child— Uh, but we're getting ready to go over to my in-law's house. And just with the rush of getting ready and we're running late, I left my phone sitting at home and we get in the car and we are five minutes down the road and that hits me. And I said, Carrie, I I left my phone at home. And Carrie, being the understanding wife that she is, says, so? (laughs) I said, Carrie, you don't understand what I just said. I left my phone at home and I'm not at home with my phone. I'm here. We're apart. (laughs) She's like, it's all right. We're just, we're just going over there for a couple hours. I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I was anxious. I'm thinking like, yeah, a couple hours. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to get texts. What if someone calls me? What if the apocalypse starts and I'm not getting the phone call? And so I'm, but that's the things you, and you know, what if I got to play a game for a little while? I shouldn't say that my in-laws are here. It wasn't you, Bill and Sandy. (laughs) That's just how we get guess what? We went over. We had a good time. I came back and checked my phone. No texts. <laughs> no phone calls. Turns out I'm not as popular as I thought. Uh, but for some of us, this is a real thing. We, we get anxious. We struggle with it. If you want to test, pick a night of the week this week and, and test yourself. Take your phone, take your laptop, any form of technology, and you leave it in the other room for the night. Tonight's going to be a night where we don't touch technology. We, you know, have dinner and this is going to sound crazy, but you just eat and talk to each other. And maybe you play a game as a family or you read a book or, I don't know, you do something besides technology for one night and just see how it makes you feel. Some of you are going to have no problem with that. You're going to cruise through that and for the next three weeks you can just check out. You don't have to listen to anything that I have to say. Just kidding. Please listen. Uh, some of you, that's going to be a struggle. Some of that, you, that's going to be a real challenge because uh, you're going to want to go and look. You're going to want to get on Facebook. You're going to want to check Twitter. You're going to want to see the latest slice of pizza that someone's eating on Instagram. You're going to want to see those things. Leave it in the other room and see how it makes you feel. Uh, because I think if you can't spend an evening away from your technology without feeling anxious... That is a great sign that it has become an idol in your life. And I'm not kicking you while you're down. I'm telling you, this is something that I struggle with myself. It's hard. Um, but we need to be able to spend time away from those things uh, with our family, uh, without those things constantly being in front of us. Um, when I was writing the material for this book, I, I was doing some research And this has just been a couple years, and this should show you how much things have changed. When I did the research, stats said that the average American spends 7.4 hours in front of a screen. Uh, And in just the the two years since I first taught that that Disconnect class, it's changed, and it's now 11 hours. The average American spends 11 hours in front of a screen. Folks, if we can't spend an evening away from those things... uh, it's become an idol for us. Uh, and so put yourself to a test and ask yourself that question. Do, become, do I become anxious or worried when I can't use it? Secondly, do you invest the majority of your free time in it? Now I say free time because I know a lot of us have jobs where we sit in front of a screen. Uh, I'm not saying you need to go in and tell your boss that hey, I know that programming is my job but I can't really be in front of computers anymore. He'll say we've, we've enjoyed having you work here. Please pack your things. Uh, I get it. That's the culture we live in. Uh, Not all of us can be out in the sun all day working away from our devices. That's okay. Uh, But when you come home, what do you do with your free time? Is the first thing that you do, I almost said when you get home, is the first thing you do when you get in your car? Pull out your phone and check it. Uh, When you get home and you're relaxing for the evening. I mean, I know how it is at my home and my kids, I finally get them in bed. And guess what? Within a few seconds, my face is going to be glowing. And that's not because I'm happy, though I am, because I've got a screen in front of me. I've either got the TV on, or I've got my phone up, or I've got a laptop open, because that's what we do with our free time. And this is going to sound crazy, but we tend to spend our free time doing the things we most enjoy. I, I don't get my kids in bed and like, you know what, I'd, I'd really love to just do some dishes right now. Though so I'm going to get those done, I promise. Uh, We do things we enjoy. And so if the majority of your time is spent in front of a screen, that's because it's something that's very important to you. Uh, And the great thing about the culture we live in is most of us have settings on our phone that will tell us how much time we're spending in front of our phone. I think it's just destiny that Sunday mornings, right as Bible class is starting, that's when my phone gives me the update uh, on my screen time. I was down 7% this week. I I feel really good about that. Uh, There are weeks where it buzzes and I look at how much time I've spent in front of a screen that week and guess what? I put my phone back in my pocket and hope that none of the youth kids are like, what's your screen time? Because they know. I don't want to share it. Uh, If you invest the majority of your free time in front of a screen, it's too important to you. Uh, And so maybe you need to see how much time you're spending. You can on most phones check and see even how much time you're using Uh, specific apps. If you want to freak yourself out, go do that. You're like, there's no way I spend six hours every day on Facebook. You just might. Go check it out. Uh, And if you are, that's an idol, okay? Uh, If I can't devote 15 minutes to God in prayer, or 30 minutes in God's word, but I can spend eight hours on social media a week, it's not that I don't have time to invest in God. It's that other things are more important to me, and that's idolatry. Thirdly, um, has using it led to sinful behaviors beyond just idolatry? When you look at the Israelites in the Old Testament, idolatry was always the beginning, uh, but it always led to other sins. And that's the same in our world. The screen, it's not. There is nothing about this little box of... I almost started saying what it's made of. I don't know, guys. I, I don't build phones, I just use them. Glass. Plastic, metal, I'm sure they're in there. Uh, It's not just this little box that's important to us. It's what it allows us to do. And yes, your technology may be an idol just because you're investing too much time in it. But it also may be an idol because it is leading you into things that you have no business being a part of. Uh, And those are some of the things that we're gonna be talking about over the next couple weeks. But it should surprise no one that technology allows us to do things That are not good things, that are not wholesome things, that are not things that Christians should be partaking of. And I'm not just talking about viewing unwholesome material. Certainly that's a problem. But the way we interact with others, and the way we talk to people, and the things we share, and the things we view, it can be sinful. And if using your device has led you into other sinful behaviors, that's what idolatry is. That's what idolatry does. And the Israelites would worship these idols, and because of it, they would begin to practice all of these other sinful behaviors. Our devices do the same thing, and so i i can 't be the judge for you. I can only be the judge for myself and look at my own life and say yeah i 'm starting to do things with my device that I probably shouldn 't do, or i 'm starting to interact with people in a way that i 'm not supposed to interact with people that way and if so, that's an uh, idolatry. Are you using it too much? Uh, are you devoting all your free time to it? It's it's an idol. Um, are you using it in ways that are sinful? That's idolatry. You are the judge of your own life. I can't I can't come home with you for a week and observe you and at the end of the week go yes you know I think you have a problem with idolatry. If you'd like me to, I will. <laughs> but I think you're going to be a better judge for yourself. Look at your own life uh, and ask yourself, do I have a problem with idolatry? Now, I don't want to be the kind of person that just talks about all the problems without talking about some of the ways to correct it. Uh, What should I do? If I find out, look, yeah, I think I have a problem with technology. I think it is becoming an idol in my life. What do I need to do about it? This is what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 and 30. Uh, He says, if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. He goes on to say the same thing about your hand. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away from you. And I promise you there were people that heard Jesus say that and thought, Jesus, that's a little extreme. And certainly Jesus is not telling us to actually remove our eyes or to cut off our hands. But what's funny is I think there are people who would rather lose an eye or a hand than have to get rid of their cell phone. Like, that doesn't sound that extreme. But this? I can't do that. I can't get rid of it. How will I stay in contact with people? And how will I stay up to date on news? And how will I? I'm not saying that we need to all become monks that live in the mountains and we're separated from the world. But if your device has become an idol for you, yeah, it's time to take uh, Jesus' principle to heart when it comes to those things. And say, it's time for me to maybe put those things aside. Maybe not forever, maybe not permanently. Uh, maybe it's for a day. Maybe you're going to take a day and you're going to say, "I'm just going to step away from these things." Maybe it's for a week or a month or a year. I saw some company at the beginning of this year announced they were going to do a, a uh, they were going to try to get one person to go an entire year without using a smartphone, and if they could make it, they would win hundred thousand dollars. And I thought, what a lucky individual whoever that may be, because it's not me. (laughs) Actually, I wish I could do that. Uh, Some of you think about that, and you may go, oh, wow, easy money. Some of you are like, I don't know that I could do that for a day. Um, You may need to take some time away from technology. Uh, There are certain times I think you should always take away from technology. And I'm not just talking about the movie theater. Don't get on your phone in the movie theater. Uh, Meal times, family times, When you're driving in your car, those are times, put it away. Tim and I were just talking about it the other day. I don't know why it is when even when I'm driving and I feel that buzz in my pocket, why I feel like I have to try to sneak a look at it. It's like, I can't drive 10 more minutes and then look. Whatever's happened will still have happened in 10 minutes. Um, But we need to set boundaries for ourselves. Set time boundaries for you and your family. Uh, limit the content that you're going to allow your family to view. Parents, I'm going to say this a lot, and I don't mean this as a shot at our teenagers, but I think a lot of parents take the approach of, oh, I'm not, I'm not really tech savvy. I don't really understand how technology works, so here you go. Be careful with it. I trust you. And that's, that's all they do. Like, if your kids are using it, you need to be using it. If you're allowing your kids to use certain apps, uh, you better know what those apps allow your kids to do and who it allows your kids to interact with. I remember when I was growing up, if I asked to go over to a friend's house, my mom always, always wanted to know who it was. She wanted to know who, who the parents were, who the friend was. She's like, I'm just not going to send you off to a stranger's home without knowing where you are. We live in a culture where I put a phone in somebody, in our, my kid's hand and I allow them to talk to whoever they want. Uh, sure, they may not be in their home, but they're interacting with them. And I know our teenagers. I trust our teenagers. They're good kids. Uh, but I also remember teenage Jeremy. Uh, and I know how easy it is to get sucked into things that I don't need to be involved in. So you need to set boundaries for your family. Know what they're using. Uh, be on top of that and, and don't play the ignorance card. I just don't know how it works. If you don't know how it works, don't let your kids use it. Um, that's just simple as that. And then your p- kids are going to start giving you a hard time until you learn how to use it so that they can use it. But... You need to know how your ki- uh, know how things work that your kids are using. I know when we talk about fasting, we're often talking about food, but maybe you need to go on a technology fast. Maybe you need to go on a, a Netflix fast, um, or a social media fast, or a television fast. I don't know what it is. Maybe you need to fast from it and just take some time away from it. Not just to see if it bothers you, but to say I'm going to just devote. The eight hours or 11 hours a day that I'm spending in front of a screen, and I'm gonna devote that to some things that are more beneficial to me. Guys, if Netflix is even asking you, are you still watching? If your technology even realizes you've been watching too long, have <laughs> been watching too long. So set some boundaries for yourself. Um, I, I don't want this to come off as I'm anti technology. Um, You know, the the great people from Gospel Advocate are here this morning with a book that I wrote uh, about this subject. And I can't tell tell you how many people came up to me when I had my phone out this weekend doing something, and they go, oh, you're supposed to disconnect. I'm like, that's not what the book is about. Um, I am not asking for you to go home and throw your phones away, to, you know, trash your television. You know, that's not what I'm asking you to do. God has given us, I think, technology, and it allows us to do some incredible things. Uh, I can get online right now and talk with a a friend on the other side of the world. I can share the gospel in ways that we've never been able to before. Uh, I can interact with people that I haven't seen in years and encourage them, them and uplift them. Technology is a great thing, but like many of the great things that God gives us, it is very easy to abuse. And to use for the wrong purposes. And so at the root of all of that is idolatry. So I don't mean to beat us up. I'm not just here to step on toes. I promise you if you ever feel like I'm stepping on your toes. I was stepping on my toes first. Uh, These are things that I still wrestle with. Um, But I think if we're not careful. Technology can become an idol for us. Either because we become anxious when we can't use it. Or because we're investing too much time in it or because it is leading to sinful behaviors in our life outside of just idolatry. And if that is you, uh, I would recommend you take a step back and say, what do I need to do uh, to make sure that that's not going to be a problem for me? Um, Like I said, starting next Sunday night and for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about some different ways I think technology offers some challenges. Um, But I don't know whether your, your struggles this morning are with technology or just the, the struggles of life, but we as a church family, we want to help one another. Uh, these struggles are not easy to overcome, but that's why God gave us the church, so that we can support each other, we can encourage each other. And so this morning, if you have a need that we can encourage you in, uh, we want to do that. And if this, this morning, if that need is that you'd like to put on Christ in baptism, uh, we also want to offer that. Opportunity as well. We'd invite you for it as we stand and sing this song.